Yeah. It's another episode of Almost the Weekend. Yeah, get get your fresh, hot, steamy, delicious weekend buns from yeah. the bun salesman. Yeah, weekend buns right here at the It's Almost the Weekend Bun Bakery. Uh, mm-hmm. We're coming in hot with a bit of a holiday edition for me. Yeah, we got the beach episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually in the in the rainforest right now, but the rainforest is not very far from the beach. Um, in in my particular case, but uh, yeah, nature nature is here. You know that I I recently have flown from Melbourne to Byron in my mm-hmm. first uh, plane adventure since I got chronically ill. Mm-hmm. Putting the chronic back in chronic illness. Um, and uh yeah dude nature is out like the day i arrived there was a koala in the tree like a carpet python on the veranda like it's just it's it's all here it's all here and 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 coming at you live it's bustling is it um i don't remember it's is it like byron sort of similar weather to it sort of matches the rest of melbourne or is it because it's the rainforest it's like its own little time oh my god dude i'm in shorts and a t-shirt it's 25 degrees oh damn yeah it's very warm here it is very warm it has started warming up here too you know like i walked zeus this morning and i had like all my normal wintry garb on i stepped outside and it got hit with the warm warm air blast oh god yeah el nino is upon us it's i'm so uh, scared dude i'm so scared yeah we're terrified australians this summer like we we may as well get our wheels in you know what i'm saying oh god yeah i was contemplating like going and buying like a split system for my lounge room because we've got cooling but it's evaporative and so like you have to open the doors and windows for the evaporative to work oh god no oh no that that'll be death that's a death wish right there i know and it has to be like you know damp you know, there has to be some moisture in the air for it to work. Oh, it's just bro. Like, yeah. So oh, might have to buy a cheeky little split system. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think that's in order. Otherwise, we'll be Ugh. inscribing your tombstone before January. Yeah. And I just fear, you know, like the, the shortage. Like if it's anything like people behave during COVID, it's just going to be like every oh. boomer and his dog and his dog son is going to buy every single you know cooling system and fan there is at harvey norman and just like that'll be it holy shit actually you know how you never learn any from anything from this podcast and we get stuff wrong all the time this might Mm. be the first genuine tip get ready for the australian summer right now get in early get those you know summer things are on sale during winter now's the time yeah, buy some nice breezy shorts from Uniqlo, you know, go <laughs> get some bigger ice trays, fill them up ready to go. Uh, what else have I got? Sunscreen is important. <laughs> this is not a video game podcast. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is all over the place. So, Joe, yes. how are you and what have you been playing? Let's let's oh, bring it all back. Boy. Bring it back to the digital. <laughs> no more hot, hot summer boy tips from Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i've been i've been pretty good uh just been i've been it's been so good to not be sick like the last Mm. weekend just kind of well the the week two weekends prior actually is like totally faded i'm I'm well well back on on my p's and q's so that's good Uh, that's excellent um yeah work's been pretty good everything's chooping along real nice um went out last night to see 
a friend of ours mum's documentary mm. uh, and that was really really wonderful it like st has stuck with me like i'm thinking about it the day after which i think is a good sign of a really good piece of media right yeah um and yeah it was good to see them and you know a bunch of people were there as well that i hadn't seen in ages um so that was really cool hell yeah um, and then the night before that i went out with some mates as well just on like hardware lane and had some dinner um but it was all like game dev people and so it was sick to talk to them like i think like two out of the five people at the table were working at ea which were just going through uh -huh. you know all of those redundancies that they were right so I, I saw that yeah 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 so it was cool to like get the inside scoop on all the update from them because yeah it's always it's always like you know some juicy news you hear from the insides mm, for real so it felt cool to be at one of those tables you know every now and yeah. then you find yourself in that spot and you're like oh hell yeah i get the i get the fresh up from the horse's mouth mm, on yeah ground zero that's the real juice. Like it's almost yeah. the weekend, listeners. We love you, but you cop like filtered juice. Joe's yeah. Joe's at that table getting the raw material. <laughs> getting, you know, like when they milk a cow and like the, yeah. you know the milk that hits the bottom of the tin. That noise is the sound of the news <laughs> that you get from from the from the source. The sound of the news that you get from here is like you know it's like that A two milk or whatever it is. It's been mm, like heavily mm -hmm. messed with so that you don't get a tummy ache right this is homogenized pasteurized whereas that like bottom of the bucket milk that's like that viscid creamy goodness that you can only dream about these days yeah that's right yeah um so yeah that was dope i've been reading lots of neuromancer um i'm getting through it which is great oh and yes the yeah I'll, I'll, i'm sure i, I think i want to like finish it before i like give some thoughts because it's all sort of happening right now yeah um, yep 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 oh Jujutsu Kaisen is popping off like you wouldn't believe um, oh fuck I still haven't watched anything past the first episode um yeah it's I'm really digging it it's really extreme compared to the first season which sounds strange wow um yeah first season was cool because it like is like a new you kind of get introduced to a bunch of different stuff and you mm. sort of inhabit the role I can't remember the main guy's name but you sort of are with him for right. that whereas this second season's like way more um established i guess and it's more mm. like here's the here's the stuff that happened to to net you where you were at the start of the first season yeah that's so cool i love that um i mean i, I don't know is it just me but was it a really bold move to like have the second season as a straight prequel mm. like i don't know yeah with, you know with not completely different characters but you know definitely not following the story arc that there was a bit of momentum to by the end of that first season and i think it's just awesome where they're like there's so many stories to tell here and uh this is probably going to be a long-running series here's yeah. uh here's a bunch of shit from the past for a whole season like i think that's awesome yeah it's, it's awesome i'm really like i'm a huge fan of it i the whole like pattern that i feel like you know netflix television has gotten into of like tell a story over three seasons but hope that you get a final season but never do because the netflix shut you shuts you down or whatever is like mm. kind of flies in the face of that a little bit it's like oh he's for season one it's kind of self-contained it has huge potential and season two is actually not anything to do with season one <laughs> it's like right. here's some world history and like you know these stories are also self-contained but are dope just happen to be in the same world love it uh, yeah That's it's awesome. very cool 
Um, yeah, and there's, there's just some really dope fight scenes with like freeform jazz flowing over the top of them, which oh, is like gives fun. me the the uh, gives me the happy brain feelings when there's like amazing you know studio mapper animation happening and just some crazy freeform jazz. It's like I don't know I don't know like what informed that choice. Like none of the characters play jazz, but um, I'm all for it. Hell yeah! Uh, and I've been playing. Dude, this is a long update. This is uh, sick. I'm enjoying this so much. <laughs> good. good. Um, that's good to hear. Uh, and I've been playing heaps of Remnant 2. Oh, that's out, is it? Yeah. I, ever oh. since it has come out, I've just been, like, mainlining it. It's uh, I'm 14 hours in, apparently. Hot dog. Um, yeah, I've been playing it with some mates from work, which has been cool, because Remy 1 I played on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was still a fun experience but yeah it's, the co-op thing is is dope um yeah dude i got a lot to say about remy oh uh, my, my god i don't know if i should save it or just go or what do you want i'm <laughs> I, <laughs> well like i'm i am pretty interested is this um is this like on game pass or is this like you were so keen you just you just paid that brand new game retail price um it's not a full retail so it's not a game pass um and it's not a full game retail price it's like 73 australian dollars or something like that. right so okay yeah i'm with you not, yeah. dude tell me about it and i'm interested to hear the difference in your like you know single player experience versus the new the new co-op situation you've got going on hell yeah um so you played a little bit of remnant one and so you know kind of the like it's kind of like a gear grind game where you shoot enemies uh, with guns and you upgrade the guns to shoot enemies better Uh, right right like damo and i played a couple of hours you know we beat a couple of bosses yeah Um, and the one thing i will say that i did enjoy about it is that like we could just play without needing to stop talking like i feel like the game didn't actually require that much thought so like we could catch up and play rem totally yeah that's good um so i think when i played remy one i was on like a normal difficulty or something um mm-hmm. or maybe even easy i can't remember but um yeah it was it was pretty light pretty free pre-flowing but this time around i've opted to go for the hardest difficulty <laughs> Oh, uh, or at least the only the hardest available difficulty. You have to finish the game before you can unlock the final nightmare mode or whatever. But yeah, so it's yeah. called nightmare mode, um, and it's fucking sick. The boss fights are like full on, like take every single player not dying to beat them. Um, Ooh, okay. You have to like call out the boss's moves. You have to like understand where to stand in certain situations. All the boss arenas and like encounters are really strange and unusual and well designed like there's almost always something in the environment that has to do with like that is crucial to the boss fight oh no you're gonna get everyone really excited for this this sounds awesome everyone has been really excited for this like it's popping off it's been like doing really well on steam oh that's great yeah so i'm really chuffed to see that uh, Sick. so like just as an example um the first boss that you could that i came across um Oh, that's an interesting thing too, before I get into the boss fight. Every player who starts a new save is like dumped in a random zone. So there's like, uh, I think there's like eight or seven or eight zones. I'm not sure exactly on the on the number, but it's something like that. Right. And these zones are like sort of self-contained little mini, what would you call them, worlds? Okay. 
and um, they have their own set of bosses and their own set of weapons you can find and gear you can find and blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's randomized. So like I, I'll start a new campaign and I'll be in like the forest area or whatever. And then I'll talk to someone else and I'll be like, hey, did you fight that first boss in the forest area? And they'll be like, no, no, I've never even seen the forest. I spawned in like this weird future tech land. Oh, and someone else will be like, oh, I started the game in like a Bloodborne town. Like I'm shooting dudes with guns and they're just like denizens of the Bloodborne streets. And I'm like, what oh the fuck? God. So yeah, it's random. Um, and then once you get to a certain point, you can choose where you want to go next, I think. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite an interesting choice that they've, gone for like everyone's experience has kind of been different because of where they spawn and you know the stuff that they had to fight uh and there's like the way they've done classes this time is a whole thing too which is i won't get into but anyway yeah so this first boss fight that i did was like this um in this sort of smallish room um with a bunch of water on the floor Mm -hmm. and the water had like different depths so like you could walk on certain parts of the water but if you went into the deeper water you would like slow walk and you couldn't dodge mm, okay. so you had, had to know where to stand and it was sort of denoted like there was some leafy bits that you could you could tell you could walk on them um and so yeah that was like the environmental part of the boss fight and the boss did this thing where it would like pop out of the water and like you know attack you and then burrow back under the water again and it would spawn all these tentacles and and so you had to like always be able to move somewhere and so you had to be mindful that like obviously if i roll backwards and i roll backwards into like deep water then i'm kind of fucked like he's just gonna pop up and and hit right. me or a tentacle's gonna hit me or something but um yeah so Dude, that was really cool that sounds awesome i love when like that it kind of reminds me of gears of war a little mm-hmm. bit because i feel like gears of war has that approach to the design of everything where like everything should matter you know yeah. like where you can get cover where the enemy spawn and then you know if there's some i hesitate to use the word gimmick because that water mechanic actually sounds really cool um but you know there's some unique mechanic where it's like oh you know you need to be in light to not be attacked yeah. by the enemies or something like that. And it kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. All of them have had that so far. Um, they've all had like, yeah, the boss has some like two phase thing or it's got some element to it. That is like, you know, like one of the bosses we fought last night was like this two part boss. So it was like a, a big mechy dude who you had to shoot. And then behind him was this huge tentacle head that when you, killed the mechie dude he would like come over and res his mechie friend oh so, okay. yeah yeah you had the, like the main boss's health bar didn't go down until you had a chance to shoot the big tentacle head thing so it was like you had to whittle down the health of the the mech friend and and then when he came over to heal his his mech friend you could you could finally shoot him and so it was like yeah a bit of a bit of a thing there and that level had like an environmental thing too and um, and yeah, so it's sort of like Dark Souls as well. Like you get to make a weapon out of the soul of the boss after you kill it. So, mm. or it's like a, um, a mod for a weapon in some cases. Oh my uh, God. You know, I really didn't dig the first one, but you, you've got a hard sell going on right now. That, that does sound <laughs> very appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the difficulty, the difficulty has been really cool. Um, each, each of the bosses that we've had to fight has been like. I think we've only beat one boss on the first try. All oh. of the other ones has been like 15, 20 tries. No shit. Yeah, that's cool. It's amazing how like difficulty can really change the experience for the better. Yeah. 
yeah we're all like super determined it's me and a couple of workmates and we're just like unwilling to not <laughs> to give up oh and goes that's over awesome it. so yeah it's been yeah up late last night 1am beating a boss oh my god that's the dream yeah yeah um so yeah that's been remy too um I'll return with more Remy 2 stories next week, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, can't wait for the Remy 2 updates for the next month. Yeah, oh my god, so good. What about you? <laughs> How are you doing and what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been good. Um, like I said, I, I survived a flight uh, to Byron and um, I guess I should get an apology in advance because I'm like in the middle of the rainforest. There's the sun on the hot tin roof. There's like whip birds and currawongs everywhere so there's a chance you know the the background noise for this app will be substantial <laughs> i heard i heard a currawong before i love their little sounds they make they're great yeah i love that they're like regional as well mm. like it's just so nostalgic for me to hear their call here and yep. like in tasmania they sound like dial-up modems it's hilarious yeah right um, um what's a whip bird a whip bird oh man i'm not even gonna attempt to recreate the sound that a whip bird makes it's like a very high pitched whip sound and mm. it it almost sounds like something that's out of star wars yeah right. um, cool if i can be bothered i'll uh, i'll insert a whip bird sound <laughs> hell yeah that, and then we'll all we'll all, all learn something buy your uh, buy your summer gear now and this is what a whip bird sounds like um so yeah it's been it's been nice to be here and it's obviously very hot um but yeah i've been playing a lot of games but for not very long just because uh i'm staying with my dad and I, I, you know i i would historically i would see him like once every three or four years and i'd show him like where games are at and yeah. um what's going on and so i preloaded all these games that i thought like you know he'd get a kick out of and um oh my god so i started off with resi evil 2 oh, yeah, uh, great choice that remake that we um that we rate so highly on this pod mm. and um we got to the first zombie and he like screamed and like <laughs> buried his head in the pillow wow. and it, it was just like way too much for him and I, yeah. I, got, I got this quote from him he said that was too much that was like it was happening to me oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh my god those developers would love to know that yeah like, that's great um, and we had to stop we couldn't play anymore like he was just way too frightened he thought it was way too realistic and like wow. heavy and gory um, it is quite heavy on the gore the uh, resi 2 it, it is yeah but I think I think I'm just quite desensitized and so oh. I was really not expecting that reaction I was like oh okay you know um, let's maybe tone it down a level. So I had preloaded Dead Space 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely down. Well, I thought because it's, you know, it's 12 years old at this stage, the graphics aren't as high fidelity, maybe that'd help. Oh, uh, and... yeah, yeah. So it wasn't the remake, it was the OG? OG, Dead Space 2. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember how that game starts, but Isaac is basically in the middle of a psych session, 
and um, then he gets interrupted by this guy who's like, we've got to get you out of here. And then that dude turns into a necromorph, like yeah. right in front of you. Yeah. And uh, again, the scream, the head buried in no. pillow. He, he couldn't do it. And um, okay. I got another quote from him. This, this time was um, the morning after that. He said, there were spines being flayed around like toothpicks. Uh, <laughs> that's so and, good. I uh, thought that was... does have a, quite a way with words. Uh, yeah. And um, I was just like, man, that's like, you know, this is five minutes into both of these yeah. games. Like the first zombie in Resi 2. And like, we didn't even get to the gameplay of Dead Space 2. Yeah, right. It was just that intro cut scene, and it was it was too much. It was way too much, and so mm. I, I, you know, that was that was one session, and I thought, all right, I've got to, I've got to change my approach here because otherwise, we're we're not going to play anything. Yeah. And so I loaded up Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Jedi, oh yeah. The the first one, the first respawn one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he loved it he mm. he was over the moon and i didn't realize he was a star wars nerd like we mm. we we played the start of that game and watched the cut scene and like the antagonist arrived and dad was like that's one of the three sisters and i was like oh no way i was like three sisters i've never heard of those like dad doesn't know anything and then you know it turns out it's the second sister and i'm like oh shit all right that, yeah, that right. knows something and so yeah we, we played that for a little bit and like the music and, and it, you know it sounds and looks like Star Wars um, and we were halfway through you know we were doing all that Uncharted shit where you're like on the train and you're jumping on and you grab things and like all that stuff all that primo AAA video game stuff and yeah. uh, he was like so man the scope of this is incredible what's uh you know, how long does this take to make? Like two or three months? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, bro. Oh, no, no, I have no. news for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I spent a bit of time trying to explain like the programming and like, yeah. you know, just what standing in a room takes, you know, like yeah. an idle animation the the surface of the room being coded to interact with like the foot of the protagonist or whatever and i just tried to break down like a very small aspect of the game and i yeah, think right. um i think it gave him some perspective but i just thought yeah. that was hilarious i was like imagine a world where you could whip this out in two or three months <laughs> oh my god that would be something else oh dear um so yeah that's uh that's what i've been playing and it's been it's been very entertaining for me um, I I really wanted to stream one of the horror games with Dad, but I just yeah. I I don't think he he'd be able to do it. Like it's I've I've never really seen a reaction like this. It's uh yeah. you know he's just not used to that kind of content. Well, the you might be able to do a bit of two birds three birds with one stone if you do these this month's game club game uh, Iron Lung. Your oh. it's, it's not quite as it's definitely not as gory or as confronting as a lot of those uh other games <laughs> that you mentioned are <laughs> and you could potentially stream it as well who knows i don't know oh, um okay shout out to just, iron lung yeah this month's game club episode is uh coming sick <laughs> eventually <laughs> that's awesome yeah dude the Getting your dad's impressions, getting any dad's impressions on like 
<laughs> the state of video games and have seeing them play them is is really fascinating. I agree. Um, I'm, yeah. th there's got to be a YouTube channel out there that just has like dad and mum and parent impressions because it's it's a gold mine. It's a gold mine yeah. waiting to be awed by the hands of a Factorio player. <laughs> yeah. To be exploited by YouTube, Big Daddy <laughs> Tube. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, you want some fresh chicken? Oh yeah, I surely do. All right, let me let me ready my chicken dispenser. Okay, I've got a dispenser. Ew, that makes it seem like it's something out of the Matrix, you know? Yeah. Some yeah. some goop, everything the body needs. Yeah, <laughs> everything the body needs. This uh, last week we had the the chicken farm, you know, the from most mm. free range of free range. This week mm. we've got the you know, long tube with a sphincter at the end that dispenses the chickens. Oh, yeah, gross. That's disgusting. Yeah, and, like, before they get funneled into the tube, it's, like, eight chickens into a tiny cage per cage kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, and that comes out with, like, two chicken nuggets. Like, it's really ineffectual. <laughs> uh, okay, so first... And, yeah, this news is pretty scant, so... Oh, yeah. I'm good. I've got a bag chip. I've got a bag chip, and it's, good. like... It's yeah, I'm excited. So uh, yeah, all right. Hit me, hit me with your uh, your two sphincter nuggets. <laughs> that is fucked. That is a fucked yeah, sentence. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, oh, I really like, summoned something. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but we might even pull the redacted on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> redacted. Um, so yeah, we got a new bit of gameplay for the uh, Armored Core Fires of Rubicon game. Um, oh. And I don't want to watch it. I'm I'm going dark, as you would Hell say. Yeah. Going, going blind from here. I think, I think it's like, yeah. I, I want to be surprised by all the weird, crazy bosses that game throws out when it comes out. Um, for real, for real. Yeah. So I've talked before how I'm not actually that interested anymore. Yeah. But can yeah. we play it together? Like, can I come mm. and watch you play? Because I think oh. that would be <laughs> sick. Naria, nothing, nothing in this world would make me happier. That, <laughs> that sounds so good. Yeah, let's have a little uh, armored core sesh when uh, when it drops. Sick. When does it drop? Do you know? I don't know, but uh, I mean, I can find out right away. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm not bothered. Twenty fifth of August. What? Oh, That's so soon. <laughs> That's less than a month away. My God. Okay then. I was I was yelling with my dead game dev friends over dinner about this. I was like, "There's Remnant Two, there's Pikmin Four, there's fucking Armored Core Five, Armored Core Six. There's fucking uh, in like a few in like a week. We've got um, what is it? Bloody that RPG from uh, the Divinity Original Sin Two people. Oh, Baldur's Gate Three. Is that? Yeah. Oh my god, that is in a week. Oh, it's like, actually, it's like a week away. It'll come out when this podcast airs, probably, oh, on, the, on the very day. Zero listens for this episode, Darian. Zero <laughs> listens. Um, yeah, it's and then Starfield, people are excited for that. I don't care about Starfield, but that's September 6th. Oh, my um, God. Just yeah. chill. Just it's, chill out there. It's This is probably one of the most poppinous times if you're into new release video games in mm. terms of like big stuff coming out. It's packed. And it's I mean, you, you're coming off the back of Resi Evil 4 remake, that new oh Zelda game. God. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a been packed year. A 
crazy year and yeah people who care about it like final fantasy 16 came out like that's pretty good <laughs> for a lot of people people who care about it that's very diplomatic of you you could, you could go way <laughs> harsher on that <laughs> oh dear um yeah and th- so yeah I'm, I'm keen for armored core every every person at work was like hey have you seen the new armored core gameplay trailer and i was like no <laughs> uh okay next this is what I mean by scant news. Nicki Minaj is coming to Call of Duty. Okay, <laughs> that this is getting very scant. Speaking of, do you know Nicki Minaj comes from Byron Bay? No way. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. What? Malibimby. She's an Aussie? Yeah, from where, oh. where I grew up. No way. She's yep. so unrecognizable as a person from Australia. I know. She's massive. Yeah. Wow. She's from Mullum? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, unless, so, I've, unless I've got that really confused with another pop star of equal kind of fame, which is very possible. I don't really know um, what's going on in the pop universe, but I'm pretty sure it's Nicki Minaj. Is uh, Oh, no, oh, she's not from Australia. Oh, okay. It must be someone else. Someone, oh, I was about to say the one who did the big booty song, but that really doesn't narrow it down, does it? Oh, God. Who did yeah, Anaconda? That- <laughs> no, 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 no! Abort, abort! Fuck! I can hear the keyboard. When yeah. I hear the, when I hear the keyboard, I know it's all over. We've lost it. We've lost it. <laughs> Nicki Minaj did Anaconda. Oh, okay. No, I'm just super confused then. Yeah, um, yeah. She's not from. She's not from Australia. She's from Saint James, Port of Spain, Trinidad and Tobago, apparently. Oh wow. Um, St. James, there you go. Uh, yeah, so a new <laughs> operator in Call of Duty Warzone and Modern Warfare 2, Nikki joins Snoop Dogg, who first became playable in a Call of Duty character last year. 21 Savage, uh, and sorry, and 21 Savage as part of an in-game celebration of the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Um, so, yeah, we got some... We got some this is, it's becoming Fortnite-ish, you know? Like, you get mm. these big boy pop stars. Um Nicki Minaj. Well, who was the one? Uh, Ariana Grande in, uh, in in Fortnite. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, if I was a big pop star and they were like, hey, you want another house to like appear in this video game? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do I have to do anything? Nope. Okay. <laughs> like an hour of voice line. Sick. Easy. Done. Yeah. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. Uh, uh, final piece of news. Final piece of scant news. Uh, Activision sues popular YouTube music critic after he tried charging for a TikTok clip. Um, oh, wait. Yeah. Charging for a TikTok clip. Is there even the infrastructure to be able to do that? So I know that you're not on TikTok. Uh, or maybe you are. Are you on TikTok? I'm not. No, you showed me when it first came out. I know. I remember. It's, yeah, it scared the shit out of me because it was just the Wild West. Like, you could go from, like, someone showing you how to do makeup to, like, a street fight to, like, <laughs> a video game. I was like, nah, dude, this this is making me extremely anxious. <laughs> it is the whippiest of flashes. Um, it can be, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the way that it works on TikTok is when you upload a video... Uh, you can also choose to have the sound of that video as part of something that other can, people can use to make a video with. Oh, so like, yeah. Yeah, this guy, uh, f- I think his name's Andrew Fantano. No, he's a music critic. You probably heard of oh, him. Oh, Anthony Fantano. Yeah, Anthony Fantano. That's the one. Oh, my God. Uh, who runs the needle drop. He yeah. has this famous 
audio clip that has been circulated on TikTok for ages now. It's kind of an old meme at this point, as far as right. memes are aged. Um, mm-hmm. And it's that one that's like, that's enough slices. Do you remember that one? Have you ever heard that one? <laughs> I haven't, but like, I can imagine it. Yeah. So people used it to be like, you know, they're talking about like their tax return or something like that. And it's like, okay, that's good. You know, they, they see their tax return is like pretty small. And then they like keep putting input numbers and it's like going into the negative and they're owing money. And like, that's enough slices. Like it's just, <laughs> people have done like actually slicing a bit of pizza and slicing it until it's just like too many slices. Anyway, oh, yeah. so it's, it's a very memorable bit of, bit of audio. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Activision used it in a piece of content and uh, Fantano uh thinks that he should be owed money for it allegedly hmm that is interesting surely tiktok would own that though right not anthony fantano yeah so apparently there's a few pieces of uh seuss is going wild in the background sorry if you can hear him listener i can hear something there's a there's a little little tornado you you get that bag little zeus yeah um He's a good boy. Uh, what else we got? Um, yeah, so apparently it's part of the public use um, of a bunch of different audio clips that are like highly memed on the platform. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't really know, you know, he, like heaps of people and other companies have used this audio in the past, I think. Uh, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure on the details of this story, to be honest, but it seems as though um fantano has some beef with activision using it maybe they use it in a way that he didn't agree with or something i haven't actually seen the tiktok so yeah it could be one of those instances where a bunch of smaller companies used it and he's like yeah whatever but when a big multi-billion dollar conglomerate uses it he's like hey like how about a paycheck you know i know i know you've got it Yeah, and I mean, it, it is interesting as well because it sort of falls under this, like, weird marketing age that we're in where, like, you know, advertising on television isn't really cutting it that much these days. Like, the youth, mm. if you're trying to target the youth, that is. Yeah, yeah. And it's real cringy. It's real cringy when you see, like, the companies uh, memeing out to advertise to you and you just, it feels real dirty and gross. Yeah, you know, it's, it's stuff like, did somebody say menu log and fucking, like, 7-Eleven's good call, your, like, night, what do they say? I don't know. They're just trying to, they're really stretching. Um, yeah. yeah. They feel like they're about 100 years behind the curve, um, even for old people like me. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's strange with this, with, the, with this age of, like, online marketing on TikTok when it's, like, everything is it's kind of owned by one company and like it's hard like there's probably some precedent to be set here with like use of an original piece of audio by someone who wants to claim it mm, um, yep yeah so i don't know like I, I don't even really know how youtube does it but there's probably going to be some amount of um yeah like i said precedent here with with tiktok and, and maybe this case and cases going forwards yeah well we might hear more about that because i'm i'm pretty interested in in how that might unfold i can't imagine fantano is going to be able to go up against activision's litigation team but you never know yeah um yeah we'll have to see i guess uh and that's all the news i got keep me with your bag 
Alright, so this one's exciting for me because I am bringing you an actual piece of original news. So this is not Ooh. news that I saw, this is not from an article, this is just something I saw and I didn't see any news, so this is OG as hell, baby. Oh, yeah. um, so there's an accessibility controller being made available for PS5. Oh, um, no way. Yeah, so I saw this because it was being advertised for me, uh, to me. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's a thing. So it looks kind of like um, a mini UFO, like it's it's circular and oh. you can move all the buttons around. So yeah. you can kind of have any layout you want and it's designed so that you can use it with one hand. Um, and it's really cool that this is being made. It's um, $140 Australian and a normal controller costs $110 Australian for the PS5. Yeah. I was about to say, um, that's a really good price because fucking PlayStation 5 controllers are so expensive. Right. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things where because of the way things are, I, I understand that they're not going to sell as many and, you know, they've got the manufacturing molds that aren't going to be as, like, you know, dollar to use ratio positive as a regular right. PS5 controller. Um, but it still is one of those things where you're like, oh, like it's already hard for people with a disability. I hate that they've got to pay more, you know, like it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, it should be the same or less or it should be subsidized or something. But it's just like, it's one of those things where like when you're down, it they make it harder to get back up. And I just hate that ethos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, I feel like these things are really like prime um, real estate. That's a horrible word for it, but prime real estate <laughs> for philanthropy, you know, like right. pe people with billions of dollars or even millions of dollars who are feeling generous and wanted like make a difference it's like yeah you could look into accessibility for gamers and and like mm. maybe this is even something that like um i don't know how they distribute the money from uh agdq and stuff like that but it seems like that would be something that, that like a slice of the pie should go to helping develop or fund um the losses that would be incurred by making such a controller right that's a great point um, and like, to be clear, I think this is a fantastic move, especially, you know, this isn't like a third party controller. This is, you know, something that comes with Sony support and all that kind of stuff. So like, it is great to see. Um, I want to be clear about that, but yeah, it is just a pity that it's more expensive for people that probably have less of an ability to earn money than people who are buying the regular controller. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just yeah. the way it is, but it's still frustrating. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> mm. So part of me is like, um, I'm sure there is like, if you're a hospital or like a rehab facility, you would probably have some amount of NDIS funding or allowance to be able to purchase such a thing. Uh, right. And like, right. yeah, there would be set aside in the budget and uh, yeah, but for individuals, yeah, it is, it does suck that you can't just be like, Hey, I want to buy this and it should be cheaper or even free. Um, mm, for, mm. for me because of this sort of disadvantage that I've got inherently by having the disability. So yeah, it sucks that on a, people don't get taken care of necessarily on an individual level like that. Right, right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's good to see this thing happening though. Like this yeah, is, totally. th this feels like, you know, the first step on the road. So maybe, 
maybe in the next couple of years and the next decade, we can look back and be like, oh, you know, it was important that this happened because now things are much better for, for gamers that, you know, can't, can't use a regular controller. Yeah, and I know Xbox has had one for a while now. They've had a few different oh. generations of accessibility controller. Right. Um, so it's cool to see Sony step up and hopefully one day Nintendo do, but I'm oh not my counting God. on it. Oh my God, dude, you can't even change the audio levels in Zelda. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm like, dude, do you know how options work? Like, yeah. oh my God, the SFX is so loud in those games. Like, let us, give us some control. <laughs> uh, Daddy Nintendo says no. <laughs> Nintendo Daddy. Oh dear. Um, alrighty then, I got a, I got a hot topic. Um, actually, you know what? Let's be real. This is a cool topic. So uh, <laughs> I, I wrote the notes for this like two months ago and yeah. I have not reviewed them. So this wow. is this is not hot off the press. This is cool as hell. This is, you know, this is icy at this stage. Um, Digging into the memory for this one. That's right. So we're, we're going to talk about recontextualization which is something that struck me when I played Fear and Hunger. We spoke a little bit about it during that episode, um, and I do want to mention Fear and Hunger a little bit later, so we'll, uh, we'll slip into that dialogue. But for now, um, I, want to, I want to pull back and, and give you kind of a general what is recontextualization spiel. Sick. Let's go for it. Hell yeah. All right. I love that we say spiel as well. You know, I had that like first 65 episodes of this podcast where I would say Ornstein and Schmo and spiel. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's not how you say those words, people. Like it's Schmo and it's spiel. Like don't, don't no, be me. No, no. <laughs> say spiel. That's how we say it. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I mean, I think we should recontextualize more often. That's my thesis statement. Um, I think it changes our perception of whatever it is we're recontextualizing. So I went, uh, I went a bit literal and I found a linguist by the name of Per Linnell. They're a Swedish academic and they define recontextualization as follows. And this, this is a bit wanky, but, uh, just bear with me. Mm-hmm. The dynamic transfer and transformation of something from one discourse slash text in context to another. So this comes from the history of sorry, recontextualization having its roots in linguistics and politics. Oh. Um, so the main reason it gets political is because access to information influences the impact of its recontextualization. Right. Um, so dictatorships recontextualize all the same, all the time, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> you know, they limit access to the public and, uh, you know, in doing so they recontextualize it because they're like, oh, Chernobyl's not a disaster. This is just another chink in the Soviet armor. <laughs> so p pivoting to video games okay I've, I've got a clear-cut example i just wanted to get that like brief history out of the way because you know i love learning things on this podcast where like mm. we choose a topic and then look at the history and I'm, practically every time i'm like holy shit i did not know that <laughs> totally um, yeah I, I love the history as well it's, it's always cool to, to hear and yeah it, it gives you like a bit of ground to stand on and when you're talking about this stuff it's cool 
Mm, yeah. And so, yeah, going to video games, I've got a, I've got a clear-cut example. Um, so this is based on a think piece written by, I wanted to say Ars, but I think it's Arze Fawn Davey. So their first name is A-S-E, A's, A's Fawn Davey. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Would it and, be Arce? Arce, potentially. Arce, let's, yeah, I'm let's, not sure. Uh, let's go with Davey for now. Okay, sure. <laughs> so Davey was heavy into competitive shooters like um, CSGO and Overwatch. And, you know, they played games for the adrenaline and then they lost their hearing Mm. and they couldn't play games the way they used to. And they had to reconsider why they enjoyed video games in the first place. And I think when I was reading this, that, that word kind of felt key to me, reconsider. And, um, I think like at its core, especially in relation to video games, the act of recontextualization involves assessing what you've become used to and then changing your perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's almost just like, Oh my God, this is, this is getting into like, um, you know, guru positive thinking, like Neo health bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Um, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) as an aside, um, Davey goes on to talk about how accessibility options played a big role in getting back into shooters. Um, But ultimately, they started appreciating games like Stardew Valley. And so for Davey, video games changed from a source of adrenaline to something slower where they could take their time. Um, And, you know, I think this is a pretty severe example um but the concept stays the same so like regardless of your physical and cognitive abilities that reconsideration of how you're approaching a game i think can totally change your ability to enjoy a game yeah cool yeah um yeah is that making sense so far <laughs> it is yeah yeah I'm, I'm following along hell yeah um well let's maybe talk about fear and hunger then so okay. I mean, for, for the audience as well, because I think that's our most listened to episode, right? The Fear and Hunger one? Yeah, it did just cross over into that land. So congrats, Fear and Hunger episode. You're now the number one. Hell yeah. We love to hear it. Um, and so for me, that felt like a survival horror game from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, manage that health, manage that hunger, manage that sanity. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, that shit was so fucking frustrating for me. (laughs) Like Uh, I, uh, enjoy going in blind. Um, but that, that is something that happens every so often you go in blind and because everything is so obscure or ambiguous, it becomes frustrating. Right. And, And, and so like initially I was not having the greatest time. Um, but that's, you know, thanks to the game club, because the game club games, they get me playing a game past the point where I would usually stop. Mm. Like there was definitely a time before I really started to enjoy fear and hunger where I was like, you know, if we were not going to do a podcast episode on this game, I would have stopped by now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after dying for like the 10th time, in that uh in those dungeons i decided to like take more risks and i decided to like and this was like a conscious decision as well this wasn't like you know 
it, it just happened naturally. I was like, all right, you know, fuck just trying to progress. I'm just going to try and learn as much as I can. Yep. And um, man, suddenly I was enjoying this loop of doing crazy shit and then assimilating what I learned and then like going into the next run and going in a different direction. And, you know, like obviously not very efficient if you're trying to progress, but like if you're trying to learn shit and you change up your experience all the time, suddenly it's like satisfying because my yeah. goal isn't to like, you know, get get to the next level or whatever which is you know really hard when you when you're going in blind to that game but suddenly my goal is to like learn something like oh stepping on a nail that'll make me bleed i gotta watch out for nails in the environment mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. suddenly something that would have frustrated me beforehand was actually really satisfying and i was like "Ooh, that's that's like the the meat and three veg of recontextualization <laughs> right there yeah yeah, that's cool. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I think there's a couple of mainstream options as well outside of like that that fear and hunger experience for me. Um, actually, before I jump into that, did you did you have a similar experience in fear and hunger, or were you kind of across it a bit more to begin with? Yeah, I would I would say I was more across it. Um, like I'd seen some footage, I kind of knew what I was in for. There was still a handful of examples like. I think, yeah, I, when you were watching me play, I was still kind of stuck in the, like, you know, I feel like I know what's going on here. I'm sort of bumping up against the, this game's challenge a little bit and not really knowing how to progress. Right. Um, and yeah, there was a point where I was like, let's just um, like try new things, you know, like let's mm. try, let's not just do the exact same thing and wonder why it's not working over and over and over again. Um, let's try and figure something else out um go down a different path like just explore for a bit don't worry mm. about like trying to get somewhere just look around and like yeah press on all the little edges you can you can find um yeah so yeah i don't know if it was necessarily like a full-on recontextualization or like a like a focus change it was maybe it was more just like a um like a let's shift gears here kind of thing right yep 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 yeah cool um, and so I guess a more mainstream example of, of man, I, if this were a video, we'd have a little like recontextualization counter. How many times <laughs> we've said that word? It's um, a big word. It's a big word. I'm going to fuck it up many more times. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, a more formulaic example would maybe be the Nuzlocke runs in Pokemon. Mm. Um, you know, that's like, if we, oh man. Try to remember the name of the last Pokemon game I played. I think it was Pokemon Sword. Yep. Um, and I remember like blasting through that and thinking it was fine. And then um, I think you were getting into Nuzlocke runs at the time. And oh, yeah. you said you should try giving it a crack. And I, you know, I used like a basic rule set, like whichever pokemon beats the gym leader you've got to release if any yep. pokemon dies they die for real yeah um and it was sick it was kind of like um kind of adjacent to what you're talking about with remy too where pumping up the difficulty all the way actually improves the experience yeah um and yeah so i i enjoyed pokemon sword a lot more doing a nuzlocke and like the challenges felt like challenges you know i know it's a kid's game and all that but holy shit like remember beating red in the original pokemon and it was like yeah really difficult 
man, in Pokemon Sword, you just blast through every single gym leader on the first try. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, the, the state of the world has changed. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was like that, you know, that, that's, a, that's a more like mechanical recontextualization, but I still feel like it fits because you're t- taking content and changing the way you interact with it for for a new and and better experience i think in in regard to nuzlocke yeah you know this is all reminding me a lot of your dark souls 2 experience with uh oh sorry not so dark souls 2 dark souls um role-playing experiences where you invent a guy and have them like you know have a set of rules where they can't open, pick up items from the floor or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly what yeah. it was, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Riddick syndrome. So my boy couldn't see moving objects. Oh wait, no, he couldn't see static objects. Yeah, so like, that's it. Yeah, a chest that's static. He's going. He's yeah. going to run right by. Yeah, so cool. Um, oh. And then yeah, you had another one as well that had like different rules. And, yeah. Yeah, I didn't finish that one. That was for Dark Souls Three, where. Right. Every time I beat, you know, a Lord of Cinder, I would roll a 1d5 or whatever. And then, you know, because my, my character had amnesia. And so he would think he was someone else. And I'd respec as like a mage uh, or something. That's right. that, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really fun. But um, I ended up respecing as like a glass cannon mage right before the dancer. And I just oh, got stomped on heaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't gone back to that yet um but yeah some sometimes it's like purposeful like those role playing but sometimes it's like more insidious right like mm. for me it happens when i revisit a game sometimes um like i remember when i first played hollow knight i thought it was a good game like i played it to overcome the challenge and see the credits roll um and like the final boss felt pretty lackluster but you know overall overall it was a pretty good good game and then a couple of years later, I decided to revisit it after playing Sekiro, which was really interesting because when you played Hollow Knight, you were like, oh man, I want to play Sekiro. And I was like, <laughs> there, I feel like there's some weird connection there. There has to be, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I played Hollow Knight the second time, I was like more familiar and it kind of opened me up to taking my time with it. And it just completely changed my opinion of the game. Like it became less about progression and more about just being in the world, which is uh, something we've talked about a couple of times. And I think both of us rate fairly highly, just like really connecting with the world that you're in when you play a game. Um, And it meant, you know, like sitting on the menu screen for a couple of minutes and soaking in the Hallow Nest baths and man it just like it totally reframed everything for me and it like changed my impressions um and dude same deal with breath of the wild like you loaned it to phoebe when it first came out like when we were basically next door neighbors and um you know phoebe played it for 10 hours and put it down and like i watched her play for most of that 10 hours and it looked so boring to me that i wasn't <laughs> even interested in picking it up like wow. i was just like oh my god like the zelda game sucks so hard and uh yeah i mean fast forward five years and it's literally one of my favorite games of all time <laughs> but yeah it's just it's interesting how like 
Yeah, for me, that still feels like recontextualization. Oh my god, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> what? Oh no, we're at the 55 minute mark. I'm putting a ban on uh, uh, long words. So we're just going to call that reconning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god very funny but yeah like with a lot of games like i'll i'll consciously recon you feel yeah. me and yeah. then with the the revisiting of games sometimes it just happens naturally because i have set expectations you know if i'm like going into hollow Knight, and i'm like all right this is a fast-paced metroidvania gonna get new powers go here go there and then mm. like after that first time i'm like okay well like i've done that experience and i want to play this game again for some reason and i'm just gonna maybe you know see what happens when i start it and then like because i'm more familiar with everything like i don't have to learn the movement and the buttons mm. and that kind of thing i'd like other things jump out at me, almost like rewatching a movie. And I'm just like, oh man, actually the music for Hollow Knight is pretty fucking fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Do you, do you have any, uh, games like that where you've like played it and then revisited it later to, to find out it's really much better than you originally thought or much worse? Um, I mean, while you were talking just then the stuff I was th- trying to sort of uh, grapple with in my head was um games that recontextualize as you're playing them oh like you're you think you kind of go in feeling it's one thing and then the game sort of forces you around to doing to doing another thing Um, right okay yeah like like you mentioned Sekiro you know like a lot of people go into that game thinking it's going to be another Souls game and Mm. they learn that like the game is actually asking you to play it a certain way same with Mm. Bloodborne Um, Mm. Mm mm-hmm I sort of felt the same a little bit about Frostpunk. I mean, Frostpunk keeps coming up. Maybe I should just sit down and play it again after <laughs> after this year, though. God damn. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, you go in and you're like, oh, this is like a little city manager. And I built these houses for these people. They're so happy. And then by the end, you're like, the children must work longer hours. You know, like you, <laughs> you've turned into something else. Um, right. Oh, that's a great shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my um, god i know i oh, always yeah. bring up death stranding as an example but yeah that that game i think a lot of people struggled to recontextualize as they played it they were like this is a walking game um mm. and i i think the the cool trick that that game plays is like it it is just a walking game but the joy is in the delivery you know it's it, or in the process of delivery it's not the it's not the, the rewards you get at the end because there's no real great rewards you get like a star maybe you get some new gear like it's all in the process of walking through the world that you actually get to enjoy that game um so yeah, totally I, I think i think the trick that that game plays is really cool um, yeah yeah and, and that it forces it uh, it tries to force you i think it fails for a lot of people but it mm. forces you to like reconsider that you know the fetch quest isn't about the 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 reward it's about the process of fetching um, totally totally so, yeah, that's a, it's a really broad and interesting topic. Like, because I think a lot of the time, recontextualization for me at least is like figuring out what the game wants you to do. <laughs> mm, <laughs> like, you, mm-hmm. you go in thinking one thing and come out feeling and thinking another thing. Um, yeah. But also, all the stuff you were saying at the start was really interesting too about like, you know, losing a sense or using the use of a losing the the use of a limb. 
um, mm. would definitely recontextualize. Like just having been with Jamie for like eight years or whatever, like I, I think about recommending her games or like trying to get her into playing a game. And I have to think about like, does this game have the ability to map, remap controls? Is this the sort of right. game where we need to pass a controller back and forth? Is right, this the sort yeah. of game that is even playable at all? Um, most mm. of the times the answer to that is no. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's it's really forces you to consider like what is some uh, someone's capabilities are and that if this if if the experience actually accommodates for that or not um so yeah that totally. that that framing of it as well is quite interesting yeah i yeah i feel like it it has many forms and like you know role playing like you mentioned before with my dark soul stuff that's definitely adjacent to recontextualization uh speed running you know that's like that's a pretty mm. big change in the way you approach the game. I mean, often when you watch someone speed run, run a game, like it doesn't even look like the original game at all. They're just, yeah. Um, yeah, like they're just blowing through levels and going through graphics and all kinds of shit that you're like, oh, okay, this is not, you know, this is not Mario 64 anymore. This is some kind of crazy high skill ceiling 3D <laughs> hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I think probably the most common type of recontextualization. We're rounding shit out here, baby. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is the this is the conclusion. Um, you know, in a story, the betrayal of one character recontextualizes their motives. You feel me? So like, um, geez, I mean, can we spoil GTA San Andreas? I feel like, I feel like we can spoil GTA San Andreas. It's I never played time. it, but you can spoil it if you want. You never played San Andreas? <laughs> oh my God. No, I are never you, did. Are you serious? I'm for oh real my... right now. What the fuck? Yeah. That blows my mind so what's your favorite gta uh i mean i only played three a little bit uh i never really got to play the gta games as a kid because i wasn't allowed because of all the hookers and gore Bro. um but have you yeah. not played vice city uh i played a little like again it was like mostly at a friend's house and i'd like drive around the city and do like a mission or two like i never really actually got to like experience the full game Bro, you know Ray Liotta voices Tommy, the main character from Vice City? Uh, Ray Liotta? He's the lead from Goodfellas. Oh, he's no like way. He's in a lot of gangster films. Like, it's crazy. Like, they yeah. got the gangster from, yeah. from movies, and he's the main voice in Vice City. I mean, I think the... That's dope. I think the um, one that I played the most was GTA V. Like, I actually owned that game. Um, wow. This is criminal. I can't believe yeah, this. Yeah, wow. I know. Maybe I should, like, GTA um, San Andreas is, like, around and available to play, right? Oh, like, you can just, like, freely get a version I, of it. I think so. I think so. I mean, wow. Holy shit, dude. I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to react. I feel uh, like they... We're, you know, though San Andreas and Vice City is like the matrix to me. Like so much of my personality is from those games. You Whoa. know, like all the soundtracks, like all the 80s music in Vice City and then like, you know, Soundgarden, fucking Rage Against the Machine, all that shit from San Andreas. Like I feel like I got a lot of my music tastes from those two games. Right, right. Yeah, I mean... 
Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can spoil wild. it for me if you like. Uh, no, 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 I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. Um, we'll use uh, we'll use some other examples. Um, how about we spoil Braid? Go for it. The puzzle game. Um, because, you know, that's it's not like you're playing that for the story. Um, and so, uh, to, to yeah, like I, to go back to that original end statement, which is, um, you know, in a story, the betrayal of one character recontextualizes their motives. Thank God I had that written down as a note. I can just read <sighs> that shit out. Um, so, like, in Braid, you, the, the last level, you're, like, saving your wife. You're yep. like, you know, she's running through fire and flames and all that kind of shit. And then you get to the end of the level and reverse time, which is like the main mechanic. And it turns out your wife is the villain and you're actually running from her. Yeah. And um, that's fucking sick. Very yeah. simple. No dialogue. But, you know, like I was I was shocked, I tell you, when mm -hmm. when that shit went down. Um, another good example of recontextualization is the movie 300. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you watch that movie and there are like huge monsters and like it's really kind of hyperbolic, like it's just, you know, it's it's out of this world almost. And then at the end of that movie, it turns out that David Wenham is telling a story. And so suddenly it makes all this sense that 300 men were fighting like mastodons and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of shit because he's telling a story to amp up his men and he's like yeah. this is what 300 did imagine what 10,000 of us can do yeah um yeah and that's like that's a really great recontextualization i feel regardless of what your thoughts of 300 are that that <sighs> i feel is a, is a pretty good example of like you know people might walk out of the cinema and be like no, what the fuck? Why were there monsters in that film? And it's like, well, he's, you know, he's telling a story. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's a, that's a cool trick that, that these, you know, medias can play is that recontextualization trick. Uh, mm. I don't like, I can't think of any examples right now, but it's, it's dope that you had those just off the top of the dome right there. Um, I got another one that isn't like real, but, but is also off the top of the dome. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, national treasure with our boy Nick Cage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Zeus just dropped something in my feet and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, go oh. on. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's a fine movie, whatever. But if you watch that and you pretend Nick Cage and the antagonist, you know, that guy, I can't remember his name, you pretend they're ex-lovers, it's a much better film. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's like, it's very entertaining if you pretend they're ex-lovers. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's obviously not in the film. That's something just for you to project over yeah, the yeah. top of it. But it is it is much more entertaining. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the one that just came to mind was the uh, Sixth Sense, is it? Is that what it's called? Where oh, it's like the whole yeah. time you think that he's the therapist and then at the end mm -hmm. you're like, oh, he's actually the ghost the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then you mm -hmm. go back and watch it and it all makes sense. Um, Great yeah. example. Yeah, I'm still trying to think of any video games that do that trick. But yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty interesting, powerful. Like, yeah, I think um, Braid really, really fucking nails it real good oh yeah that moment is sick you're like what the fuck do you would you call it a twist or is it not always a twist sometimes it can be like a just a plain recontextualization well i mean it's not a twist in 300 and it's 
it's it's you know a, a recontextualization of everything you've just seen because yeah. like you know before you realize that it's a story you're like oh, you know, I guess they're taking some fictional liberties with this shit and they're throwing monsters in there and blah, blah, blah. But, like, you you get to the end and it's a story and, I'm like, I don't think... Like, that didn't feel like a twist, but it yeah. definitely reframes everything you just saw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, like, the Metal Gear games do a lot, do this a lot. You know, like, Metal Gear 2, I think the whole... It's, like, it's they do a little bit of the... It's almost a twist, but it's, like, oh, you're actually just uh, in a really specific military training program to try to reproduce um big boss or whatever right yep 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 yeah no i think um i think they're not mutually exclusive but yeah they 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 recontextualization can be isolation in isolation or it can be a twist as well yeah interesting what a what a big old broad topic that is, man. Yeah, my yeah. brain my brain shudders to think of possibilities <laughs> that we missed. Um, <laughs> so if if you're out there uh, driving down the highway, sitting in your living room drinking coffee, or sitting in the bathroom with that toilet radio, uh, and you've <laughs> recontextualized and you want to tell us about it, you can uh, you can email us at uh, it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com please do we love your emails send them in we'll chomp on them and yeah tell us what you think hell yeah all right is that it are we wrapping up and we doing it we're wrapping right up i'm gonna go play some remy because the friends have been messaging me mid pod being like come and play remnant it's a, it's a, it's a midday on a sunday that we never play <laughs> games on a sunday let's do it <laughs> excellent all so, right well we hope yeah. you all have a lovely weekend and we'll chat to you when it's almost the weekend again goodbye bye, bye.